0: So his way, he then is all my hope and trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his right alone and low fault lest you stand before the throne but lest you stand before the throne fault lest you stand before the throne It's
1: good morning, everyone. So good to come together this morning, God's people. If you're watching online, welcome, welcome. You know, crank it up. You can break those laptop speakers this morning as we stand up and rejoice in the Lord. You know, so I, I, I just, I love this time together. I love the, the best thing about what I do is people come together in song, singing. Lord's praises, you know, why he sent a Marine up here, I have no idea. I guess we're first in, last out, right? Amen. All right, Jill.
2: All right, let's join together in prayer this morning. Lord, we just thank you for all that are gathered here, and we know that you're in our midst. Lord, we just give this time over to you. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, Lord, and may we just bring your praise. Lord, let us leave everything uh, aside that's been with us all week and just focus this time on you. And Lord, we just thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: This is my prayer in my hunger and need My God is the God who provides And this is my prayer in the fire In weakness or trial or pain There is a faith proved of more worth than gold So refine me, Lord, through the play I will bring praise, I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory, and He is free. This is my prayer in the battle. When triumph is still on its way, I am a conqueror and cohere with Christ. So firm on His promise I stand. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare. God is my victory, and He And you are still God. I have a reason to sing, I have a reason to worship all of my life in every season. You are still God, I have a reason to sing. Shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare God is my victory and he is here. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare God is my victory. Flow. I know I'm feel to be emptied again. The seed I've received I will sow.
4: Turned into white open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you our God is greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer Guys, one, one voice, one church. Our God is great. Our God is Come on now. God is
5: healing.
4: Awesome in power.
5: Awesome
4: Our, Our God. Our God. One more time. Our God, God is great. Our God is yeah, you, God. God you are God. Healer, you're Heal Heal awesome. awesome. Heal him. Heal him. Heal him.
1: Heal him. Amen. So I'm talking about church.
3: Let the King of my heart be the
4: Never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. Never gonna let me down. You're never gonna, never gonna let, let. Never gonna, gonna let me down.
3: You're never, never gonna let, let. Never gonna let me down. You are good, good, oh.
1: time we're just gonna ask God for your offering and tithe you know this is just pray it out God we just ask that you receive this blessing you know this is not about you know the church and the money the money is yours Lord we just want to break break that money out and, and spread it out multiply it across outside this church and across all nations Lord In precious name we pray amen
3: the foot of the cross where grace and suffering beat. you have shown me your love through the judgment you received and you won my you've won my heart now i can trade these ashes in for beauty and wear forgiveness like a crown coming to kiss the feet of mercy i lay every Down at the foot of the cross, at the foot of the cross, where I am made complete. complete. You have given me life through. You want my heart. Yes, you want my heart. Now I can trade these ashes in for beauty and wear forgiveness like a crown. one. they had hit-
6: to talk hi good morning okay so I have a couple announcements there's a paper in your bulletin that has them all listed out but I'm just going to highlight a couple of them so youth group schedule they're going to meet today after church and they're going to have a pizza party so any of you youth who like pizza and who like hanging out stay after church Um, The Haiti Mission Trip also has a meeting after church. Um, If you're thinking about going to Haiti, even if you haven't really submitted an application yet, still kind of have questions, um, you can come to the meeting. You'll get more information. Applications are going to be due soon, I know. So if you're interested, now's the time to come. Just hang out and learn what it's all about. I went last year. It's amazing. Um, Then also the National Day of Prayer is this Thursday. It's going to be here at 7, 7 o'clock p.m. So if you want to come out and just pray for our nation, pray for your neighbors, pray for anything, that's the day to do it. Um, Also, there's a dining for women. I know Miss Judy's very excited about that. She's going to be having a fiesta. It's 6.30 p.m. Friday, May 10th. And if you have any other questions, Judy Music's phone number is in the bulletin. You can ask her. I know she'd like to see all the ladies here. Um, We're also starting a new church-wide study. Jack touched on this last week called What Makes You Happy. There's clipboards that are going to be going around if you're interested in hosting a small group study or if you're interested in being a part of the small group study. Usually Jack tends to center his message around what that small group study is. So by joining a small group, you kind of get a little more in-depth, I don't know kind of view into the sermon that week but you don't have to it's a lot of fun though you get to connect with people kind of see everybody and talk to people who you might not talk to when you're just sitting all in rows staring straight ahead on Sunday so that's nice I think that's it I know Dave Hollis wanted to talk a little bit about the Christmas in April they had something they were doing last time can't hear say it again oh yeah Sunday school bye guys (laughs) this is why they don't have me doing this full time Grownups, you stay. You have to listen to Dave.
7: Okay. <laughs> All right, Good morning, everybody. So, uh, just really quick, I just want to say uh, thank you for everybody who helped with Christmas in April yesterday. Um, this year, I was asked to lead Christmas in April, and then three days later, I kind of got sidelined with one of my daughters having to have the heart surgery. So, um, first off, I just really want to thank, there were four individuals that really helped out with me being sidelined, taking over with the planning of the event. So, um, really, a big thank you for the four individuals. They didn't know who they are that did that for me. And then we had somewhere between 20 to 25 people. I haven't really had a chance to count yet. But we had 20 to 25 people sign up and come out and help with the event. We had everything from um, a couple young ladies painting a wheelchair ramp, from landscaping to replacing windows and replacing doors. We have such talented and hardworking people in this church. I was just so blown away at uh, how well everything went. Um, I do have to say, I think doors are our kryptonite. Every single year, it seems like we get hung up on doors, but, uh, you know, maybe next year. But, yeah, I just wanted to say a big thank you for everyone who helped out. I really appreciate it. Uh, Everyone is such hardworking. Everything went so quickly. I actually uh, had a little bit of a speed bump, and I forgot to hand out the beautiful shirts from Christmas in April. So if you helped out and you did not get a shirt, please see me after church, and we're going to hook you up. Thank you very much.
8: Um, we have a couple prayer requests this morning. Um, please pray for Canon Culver for full recovery. And Steve Trinkle um, has an aneurysm and bleeding on the brain. All right, so let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you on Sunday morning as we know so many people around the world don't have this opportunity. And Lord, we come to you knowing that you have the ability to heal because you knit our bodies together. You made them, Lord, and you know exactly what we need. We bring these needs and all those that were not written down, those that were unspoken. We all have something heavy on our hearts, Lord, and we just pray that you would lay your healing hands on those things that you would take them from us and that, Lord, you would just heal those who need healing, bring comfort to those who need comfort, guide us and direct us. In your sweet holy name we pray. Amen.
2: Their face is downcast. One of them named Cleophas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? About Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, a powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself.
8: you I don't know. I'm Debbie Virgilio, and I am filling in for Jack this morning. Before we get started, I do just want to mention um, the series, the small group series and church-wide study that Becky mentioned. What makes you happy? It's not what you'd expect. Um, If you're not sure but you think you would like to participate in one of our small groups, we have seven right now. Um, Sign up on the clipboard, I'm going to send out information to everybody this afternoon about all the groups, so you can see if one will fit in your schedule. The other thing is, this book is, it's really a study guide, there's not a lot of reading, so if you're not a big reader, this is the study for you. It's $7, and I do have copies of it today that you can get. So if you think you're going to participate or whatever, go ahead and um, get one of those. So that's our next study, and that will start next week. Okay, so Easter seems like a really long time ago, doesn't it? I mean, when I think about it, it seems like this week has been this long. Um, And it seems like Easter was eons ago. Today, our our scripture says, um, it it talks about the same day. It talks about Easter, Resurrection Sunday, when it was discovered that Jesus was alive. But somehow, this passage gets missed sometimes because it seems like a long time between the time when Jesus was discovered alive and these guys are walking. So, these two disciples had left. um, before they had heard the news that Jesus was definitely alive. Now, remember how long news would have had to travel. So today, if something big happens, we know just like that, right? We know instantaneously. But that's not how it was then. They didn't have Fox News. They didn't have CNN or ABC, CBS, all of those. And they certainly didn't have Facebook. So news had to travel By people telling each other. There were very few people actually who wrote. So news had to travel from person to person to person. And obviously the men here who were in our story, um, they had not heard the news yet. So they're walking along. They had heard the news, but they didn't know if it was true. Because you know what happens whenever we hear a story from someone we have to make sure it's true, right? It's not necessarily always true when we hear it. So let me set the scene for you. We know that Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And 11 of them were left because Judas had betrayed Jesus. Um, But now that the crucifixion had happened, we had 11 left. And these were the core disciples. So these were the people that Jesus really poured into. But there were others who followed him as well. And today we meet two of them. Now, the crucifixion had happened during the time of Passover, during the festival of Passover, which was a big celebration because all the Jewish people were celebrating God saving them from the Israelites way back in the Old Testament, So Jerusalem had been packed. It was probably so crowded. It must have been like the time when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and there was no room anywhere, right? There were lots of people. All the holiday inns were filled and the hotels were filled. Everything was filled. So it was full of visitors. And then on Sunday, people were starting to go home. So they were now... Packing up and going home. And that's where we meet these two people, these two men. They're on their way home. Now, I want you to imagine how they would have felt. Their dreams had been crushed. And we all know that feeling. Their hope had been stuffed out. So if we look at the scripture, Luke 24, 13 through 16, it says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem. So, seven miles would have taken them about two hours to walk. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, I can use a lot of words to describe what they were probably feeling. Um, Some of our saddest words in our English language, as I think about them, start with the letter D. And they were probably feeling all of them. They were disappointed. They were downcast, they were doubting, they were disillusioned. We can all understand those feelings, right? We, we've all felt those things. There, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Their master, the one they thought that would save them, had been put to death on a cross. He had been made a public spectacle. People were jeering at him and laughing at him. It was the worst death. Because you were there for the world to see. They thought that Jesus would save them from the tyranny of the Romans. Because the Jerusalem, the people of the Jerusalem and the Jewish people were living under the Roman government. And they wanted out of it. And they knew that God would send a Messiah to take them out of it. And in their mind, Jesus was supposed to do that. And now he died, and he was missing because they knew that he had, it had been said that he had risen from the grave, but nobody had seen him, just those women. And honestly, women didn't count for much back then, so they didn't know where he was. So the followers of Jesus had no leader, and like most of us, when we don't have a leader, we fall apart. But life goes on. So as they walked and talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, that says Jesus. It should say stranger. And imagine as they walked and talked, they're recounting the events. They're going over it. As we often do, when something's bothering us, when a situation happens that we can't understand, what do we do? We play it over and over in our minds, trying to reconcile it. Or we talk to our friend and we say, this is what happened. And we try to get their perspective. But there's another reason why they were probably talking and why they probably waited until they got outside the town to do so. Because... If Jesus had been put to death, it was now very scary to be associated with him. So they wouldn't have wanted to get caught talking about Jesus while they were in town. So they waited and they were walking along and then they start talking and discussing things. What do you think happened? Where do you think this is? You know, all those things that we do. As, and we do it too when we wait Something happens at work, and what do we do? We wait till we get home to really process it with people who understand us. So they had really a lot of hopelessness in the midst of all of this as they're walking along. And it was really hard for them to figure it out. It was, there was no way out. No matter what they tried, they couldn't change the situation. And we've all felt that way. Maybe the cancer has spread. He found someone else or she found someone else. Um, I'm stuck in my job. I'm stuck in this marriage. I'm stuck in my life. I'm not smart enough. I've given up. You can fill in the blank because we've all had those moments, right? Well, What the disciples were saying, and you may be saying as well, is, well, we had hoped... But now we don't expect it anymore. It's not going to happen. There's nothing left to do. We've all felt that feeling, right? Hopefully you haven't felt it this week. And here we have Jesus come up with them. And he he says, hey, what's going on? Now, if you're like me, if somebody I don't know comes up and gets in the middle of my conversation, it's going to make me irritated, really irritated, And I'm going to be like, Who are you? Right? Anybody else? Yeah. So the disciples were walking and talking. And they've got this chatty man who came up who doesn't have a clue about what's going on. And the disciples say, or he asked them, he says, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And I can just imagine they're going, What? Who are you? What do you mean you don't know what's happened? Everybody knows what's happened to Jesus. And they stood still. And they were downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened? So it would be like us. Something big happens. Something big political happens. And we say... Somebody comes up and says, why are you sad? Are you the only one who doesn't know? Are you sleeping under a rock? Right? And they said about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. So then they get really specific. They feel like, okay, this dude doesn't understand, so we're going to explain everything. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and before God and all the people. And then they um, summarize the crucifixion. They say the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to the people to be sentenced to death. And we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Can't you just imagine they're talking really, really fast. We had hoped, we had hoped he was going to do this. And now it's the third day and all this took place and we thought that he would come again. But some women went to the tomb this morning and they didn't find his body. And they came and told us they'd seen a vision. And angels told them he was alive. And then some of our people went to the tomb just as the women had said it was empty. But they did not see Jesus. And so they poured out their hearts to Jesus As we so often do, right? When something's bothering us, we say, and we just kind of dump. Or maybe you do it with a friend, or maybe you do it with a spouse. And Jesus listened. He didn't dumb them down. He didn't say, you're so stupid. He comes next to them, and he joins them on their journey. And he walks with them, and he listens. And he fills their hearts with promises of God's word. He restores hope. And understanding now what Jesus doesn't do is you should have listened better he doesn't tell us what we should have would have could have done right which is what sometimes our friends do they needed companionship and Jesus knew they needed companionship they knew that Jesus knew that they needed a listening ear before they needed advice and so he joined them on the journey just as Jesus joins us on our journey and he spends time with us, he even when we don't recognize that he's journeying with us, he f- enters their pain. He allows them to share their disappointment. So they began telling Jesus everything that they thought was going to happen. They told him, you know, this is, this is what we thought was going to happen. This is who we thought Jesus was. And Jesus says, okay, let me tell you a few things. And he fills their broken hearts with a lesson in faith and hope, which is what we all need. We only see hope when we see Jesus. And we don't see Jesus unless we look for him. So those days when we're really struggling, we're not going to see Jesus unless we start looking for him. But the other lesson that we learn here is that Jesus really cares about the things that are bothering us. Sometimes it seems like nobody cares. People can't understand, but Jesus does care, and he understands. And he says to us, what's wrong? And he listens. He listens to everything our hearts cry out to him. And so after listening, Jesus spoke to them. But you notice he listened first. And he started with Adam and Eve because the scriptures say that he started with Moses. And what that means is he started at the beginning. He started back in the books of the Bible written by Moses. So he started with Genesis. So he started with Adam and Eve and how God dealt with our failure as people and obedience to God. And then he he showed them the thread of God and God's activity throughout the whole Old Testament. Every single thing that had happened, he showed them how God was in it. Now, I'm imagining that this took more than two hours. I'm imagining that this walk was a long walk. Like maybe they stopped for a while and they'd sit and they'd talk. Then they'd get up and they'd walk some more. He told them about Abraham. He told them about Isaac, Jacob, Moses. And he told them about the suffering servant in Isaiah. And he said in Luke 24, before he starts this, verses 25 through 27, he says to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. And you know, sometimes I'll bet he says that to us. How foolish you are. Are you not paying attention? Don't, I, I'm sure he wants to say that to me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure he wants to say that to me. And he said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Because you see, the disciples were looking for the same kind of Messiah that we are. We are looking for so often for a Messiah who's going to fix everything, right? Okay, I've become a Christian. Now I'm going to have perfect relationships. Okay, I've become a Christian. Now my money problems are going to be fixed. Okay, now I've become a Christian. I'm going to have the perfect job. Now i become a Christian. My kids are going to listen to everything I say. And it doesn't work out like that, right? And then we get really frustrated and confused. But Jesus said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things before he could enter his glory? In other words, Jesus had to suffer, and we have to suffer too. So as he explains all the scriptures, he gave them hope once again. And Jesus fills our hearts with promises from God's word. He gives us hope. Now, as they approached the village, they invited him in. Now, as I thought about this, I thought, wow, they didn't really know this guy. They don't know it's Jesus yet. And they invited him into their house to have dinner. In my mind, I think that would be like us going to Walmart, meeting somebody and saying, well, why don't you come have dinner with me at my house? I don't know about you, but I'm not doing that. I'm not going to invite people I meet at Walmart who I don't know to come have dinner at my house. And if you do, I'd like to know how that works out because mm, let us know so we can be praying for you. So it had been dinner time. So now it's dinner time. So that tells us they must have walked a really long time to get there and now it's dinner. Because it was getting dark. And it's not safe. It was not safe for them to travel in the evening. So they invited him in. Because there were no streetlights. And it's, it was very common for robbers, robbers to um, rob people and beat them up and leave them laying in a ditch. So they didn't want that to happen to him. And they invited him in. They set the table for three. And they put the bread on the table. And isn't it interesting... That when they put the bread on the table, Jesus took the place as the master of the table. He sat there as though he was the one in charge. And he took the bread and he gave thanks. So I imagine it kind of like when he um, multiplied those loaves and fishes, when one of his miracles. And he took the bread and he held it up to heaven and he gave thanks. And then he did the same thing, right, at the Passover. He gave thanks before he broke the bread and gave it to all the disciples to eat. So this wasn't one of those things where it was a miracle. He didn't multiply the bread or anything like that. But when he broke the bread, somehow their eyes were opened. And he gave it to them. And when he gave it to them, I imagine... Now the Bible doesn't say this, but this is kind of what I think. When they gave, when he passed it to them and gave it to him, gave it to them. I imagine they would have seen the scars in his hands, and then he, they would have started saying, "Aha! I know who this is. This is Jesus." And then, as soon as they knew, he was gone. He disappeared just like that. So we know that Jesus had a different body once he was resurrected. And we don't know how to put all that together. But we know that he had a different body. But we know that they were probably able to still see the scars in his hands. And then he was gone. And then, so imagine... Just imagine you're sitting at your kitchen table and you've got this visitor that you invited from Walmart to sit and dinner, have dinner with you. And then he breaks the bread. He probably says grace and breaks the bread. And as soon as he does that, he just goes woof, and disappears. Imagine what you would have thought. And so they said, I don't know, I would have probably looked and said, you know, was that for real? Was I dreaming that? but they said in Luke 24:32 were not our hearts burning within us while that he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us they suddenly realized that Christ was not dead the 2-hour walk that was probably actually 5, 6, maybe 7 hours transformed their lives And when our hearts are burning for Christ, we're different. It transforms us. When our hearts are burning for Jesus, we will have a life transformation. We're not the same people as we once were. We're different, and we know we're different. We might not understand how, but we know we're different. And when our hearts are burning for Jesus, we'll have passion for Jesus. And when we're passionate about something, whether it's football, baseball, whatever it is, we share it with others. We want to let everyone know what we're passionate about. And finally, when our hearts are burning for Jesus, we'll have joy. Life transformation. When our lives are changed, it leads to joy. And knowing Jesus has everything in control, even when the world around us is falling apart, we can still have that joy in our hearts because joy is not associated with our circumstances. Joy is deep within our hearts and exists in spite of everything that's happening. And then our joy becomes contagious. I'm certain that the walk back to Emmaus or to Jerusalem was a lot faster than the walk to Emmaus. Can't you just imagine they left their dinner sitting there? And there's no McDonald's along the way, but they left their dinner sitting there and ran back to tell everybody. They were on a mission. They had good news to share. Their broken hearts were transformed. No longer were they downcast and depressed and disappointed. Because they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven there saying, it's true. It's true. He is alive. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then they told everything that had happened. And how Jesus was recognized. They only recognized him when they broke bread. Now, how do we, how do we have that burning in our hearts? Because for some of us, it probably doesn't burn very strongly. Probably it feels pretty weak sometimes. We let life situations get a, the best of us. Do people know? Can people see the fire burning in your heart? Sometimes probably not. There was a conductor who was taking his choir and orchestra through the final practice, final rehearsal of Handel's Handel's, um, Messiah. And the soprano soloist came in and she was singing um, the refrain, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And she sang it perfectly. It was flawless. She had perfect breathing, perfect enunciation. And after she completed her part, everyone looked at the conductor expecting because he was going to tell her how good she did, right? And, and what a great job she had done. And he motioned with his baton for silence. And he walked over to the soloist, very sad. And he said, my daughter you don't really know that the Redeemer lives, do you? And she was a little embarrassed, and she said, well, yeah, I think I do. And he said, well, then sing it. Tell it to me so that I know you have experienced the joy and the power that the Redeemer can provide. And so she practiced it again, and she sang that testified with such a fervor of her relationship with the risen Lord. Those who listened actually wept. It moved them to weeping. And the old conductor met her, came up to her afterward. His eyes were wet with tears, and he said, You do know, for this time you have told me. And that's the difference. When we have Jesus And our hearts are burning with Jesus in them, people can see it. It makes a difference. So maybe it's been a while since your heart's been on fire. Maybe it's been a while since you've had that transformation. Maybe it's been a while since you felt that joy, that passion that comes through Jesus. Seek what only He can give. Because he wants you to have your heart burning for him. Because that's what happens. Then the rest of the world can see our Jesus living in us. He's waiting. He wants to share all of your deeds, all your disappointments, all your disillusionments, all your doubts. He wants to share all of them. And when he does share them with you, you will know that your Redeemer lives As your heart burns. Because when our hearts are burning for Jesus. Then we can make a difference in the world. So if it's been a while. As the praise team comes. If it's been a while. And you're just not feeling like Jesus is burning in your heart anymore. As we wrap up Easter season. It's time. It's really time to say Jesus. I want you, I want you burning in my heart. I want people to be able to see you in my life. I want a life transformation. I want passion for you and I want joy. It's time to ask him for that. And let him change your life. So let's all stand and go to prayer and as we pray, ask, ask the Lord to give you that life transformation that will lead to a burning heart. A heart that can't be quenched. To precious Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us this morning. And thank you for opening our hearts and our minds to your word. Thank you for giving us your insights into the word. And Lord, sometimes we know that each of us gets to a point where maybe the fire's not burning as hot. Maybe the fire has sort of died in our lives. And it's died, Lord, because we've let it die. Not because you've moved, but because we've let it die. Lord, we pray that you would open up our hearts. Give us that life transformation. Show us what we need to do to walk with you each and every day that, Lord, our lives will be full of you. Our hearts will be burning. Our joy and our passion will be contagious as we experience this life transformation. We pray, Lord, that you will guide us. Lord, I know that each of us wants that and sometimes it's scary. And I just pray that, Lord, if there are people here who want that, that you will open their hearts and their minds. All we have to do is ask, and you're ready to give it to us so that you will journey with us each and every day. We'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, oh we live for you Holy, there is no one like side. Open up my eyes in wonder and show who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those of Upon you. you, believe it, it's a firm foundation, and I will build my life upon your love. Sing it out. We believe it today. Put my trust in you, in you alone.
1: Amen. Let's just um you know, I know today is just we just want to pack it up and go out and get back to our lives. But you know, I just want to sing that that last part one more time as just as corporate worship, you know. If you if you need to pray, you know, you can stick around later. We'll we'll all pray with you. You know, because you know we we know our lives aren't perfect. We're not we're not here with, with our perfect lives, and you know, and we just we we sing these songs and you know sometimes it just seems like it's just empty words, but I just want us to like make that proclamation this morning as we as we say, Lord, we want to build our life that firm foundation upon your word, Lord. That's we just want to sing it together. And I will
4: build my life.
1: some day, just uh, remember the word you heard, remember Jesus lived and died for us and he rose again for 40 days as we talked about this morning, you know that that's the most powerful statement in our faith that if that didn't happen at the four days after that, we wouldn't be here today nobody's going to believe in that that power of Jesus Christ and as he came back and taught us how to continue on 2,000 years later, people still can't you know, disprove what happened amen, thank you Debbie, have a good day
5: Yeah.